Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is the Greenbar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Greenbar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Back in on the uh, Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning, Joe Pott, and we'll switch gears here now, talk a little college softball. Christy Canoyer is in her 13th season as the head coach for the St. Louis University Billikens, and I guess now, Coach, I need to say the Atlantic 10 champion St. Louis University Billikens. They clinched their first regular season conference title yesterday with a win at Rhode Island. Coach, thanks for taking some time here on this Sunday morning. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, to talk about our team. This is a team that, uh, and really, you have turned it on, kind of found another gear since Atlantic 10 play started. Um, I know you dropped to the opener of of a doubleheader yesterday at Rhode Island, but before that had won 12 straight games. You've won 19 in Atlantic 10 play already, looking for number 20 uh, later this afternoon in just a little bit. But uh, you've kind of found that second gear going into conference play, which is, I think, what every coach would want. It has been, it has been a uh, surreal, pretty pretty fun run here. And, and again, it's those moments of, I know I sound like a coach when I say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Uh, but, but it's what you take from each game and uh, what we learned in preseason to prepare us for this run. Um, it's it's senior leadership up the middle. You get seniors on the mound, a senior behind a plate, senior in center, and with a supporting cast all around that are that are young freshmen, sophomores, a bunch of them out there. And it's just been a a, a good mix, uh, learning from each other. The growth of this team has been remarkable. Um, like I said, taking taking what we needed from each game, wins and losses, and then finding some one run victories and walk offs have been uh, pretty special. Second in the Atlantic 10 uh, in batting average. You're among the, the uh, top half of the league in earned run average as well. You mentioned you're getting it from seniors, from younger players as well. But you do have a, a really good mix on both sides of the ball. You've got a, a center fielder that's probably in the mix for A-10 player of the year in, in Gabby Kowalik. You have Chloe Wendling in the circle who probably could be pitcher of the year. So you, you literally have it on both sides of the ball, don't you? It, it, yes, we do. And then defensively, we're top, uh, I think, roaming somewhere around 15 or 20 in the country in double plays per game. It's uh, So our defense, when, when all those facets come together, it, it, like I said, it's pretty special. Chloe's done an exceptional job on the mound, uh, really coming to her own. Her growth has been uh, remarkable from freshman year to uh, to now. And what they've gone through, like fifth-year senior Gabby Kowalik, both those fifth-years, uh, building on experiences, you know, to go through a COVID year and have it taken away and, and come back. I think there's an appreciation for the game and their knowledge and that, that, that they share also with the rest of the pitching staff, with the defense, with the offense. It's, it's their, their leadership has been, uh, has been critical to our success. Uh, and, and everybody obviously went through something during COVID. I am not sure that anybody went through the same thing that 
college athletes did and college students in general. And I said it a lot then um, and continue to believe that, you know, what COVID showed us is how resilient uh, and how tough college athletes are. Oh, absolutely. And, and how passionate they are about their sport. You take something away, take something away from them. They come back. They, they had a lot of, lot of opportunities to, to go different ways with it. Uh, but what they went through to get back on the field also shows their passion. Oh. Uh, the resiliency, absolutely. Uh, that, that passion, that drive, just to, and I know it's simplifying it, call me old school, whatever, but just to play catch, to be back on the field and play catch again. And I think seeing these, these guys appreciate uh, the, the joy in playing the sport is, is very rewarding. Christy Canoyer with us here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. She's the head coach at St. Louis University, the head softball coach as they get set for their final regular season game. Uh, a tune-up, if you will. The Atlantic 10 Championships begin later this week. You'll be in Fordham, uh, at Fordham in the Bronx for the Atlantic 10 Championship. You've come close a couple of times. What does it take to get over the edge and, and uh, to get over that, uh, that hump, if you will? You know, and we've, we've talked about this all, all year. Or, you know, every, everybody has a goal. That's when they need to, that's when the championship. When that, we talk about getting to that championship game. Our goal is to get to the championship game. Uh, once you get there, all bets are off. Uh, everybody's seen everybody. You go at it. Uh, you, you ride a little momentum at that time. I think uh, you, play, you play fundamental softball. We've, we've talked about that as well, some of the goals and some of the, uh, uh, the internal stuff. Do the routine well. And I know that sounds maybe pretty simple, but hit your spots on pitching, feel the ball on defense. Driving, driving runs, timely hitting. Again, I know that sounds simplified, but if you do the routine well, I think we're going to like the outcome. So we spend, we still spend time on fundamentals as we go forward. And it takes some depth to get there. In a, in a conference championship, your your depth is almost always uh, in play. That, that's true, and uh, and I think we have we, we're <laughs> small but mighty. We've got a uh, smaller roster, seventeen, and we're playing Rhode Island today. They've got a roster of twenty-five. But wow. it's, it's all across the board. But our, as much as it seems like a small roster, there is depth. There are people that will step up in a pinch hit role and drive in. We had a game winner uh, last weekend against George Mason, a, a pinch hit roll, walk off, single to right, and we score. Um, so a lot of different people stepped up in different roles uh, to get the job done, and it's been, it's, it's been fun. And you absolutely need those kind of players, right, the role players that maybe that's when they're called on. Maybe they're coming into – uh, pinch run and steal a base, or as you say, pinch hit and, and, and get you a walk-off knock. But you need those players. You rely on those players throughout a long season. Oh, absolutely. And even yesterday, we, we win 5-4 to four in the second game. Uh, pinch runner was the one that tagged up at third and scored the winning run. So it's, it takes everybody. And, and I think that's what's needed, the, the depth and the, uh, the strength throughout our lineup. Everybody through 1-9, through nine, as well as I say, through 12, 13, 14, um, those guys have come up in clutch situations. Uh, maybe perform, maybe not. But every time we do it, we say, "What can you? What can you take from that experience? Take what you need, learn from it, and put it in your backpack of experience." And let's go. Let's go back at it. Coach, there's such a championship culture at St. Louis University, and and it's even building now, and um, it, it's even. Uh, stronger on the women's side, perhaps. The women's soccer team, an absolute juggernaut. The women's basketball team made a nice run to the NCAA tournament this year as well. How much do you talk with uh, those other coaches and the and the other folks in the entire athletics department just about what's going on and, and what it takes to get to the top? 
oh, there's a great support system of, of coaches uh, that that we, we talk quite often. Katie Shields, uh, she was one of the first ones to shoot me a text yesterday. And uh, and her and I will talk through the good and the bad, uh, through the challenges, through the on-the-field, off-the-field stuff. Katie and I, uh, I have a ton of respect for what she has done and the culture she has uh, instilled in that program. Um, Rebecca being new, uh, but still run into them in the hallways, uh, stop in the office. There is a good rapport among the coaches, and, uh, and that, that's been special about, around the department. And the same with Darren. I talked to Darren. I talked to Kevin. I talked to Katie. Talked to John Bell. Talked to uh, you know Justin in, in tennis, uh, Zoe in field hockey. All all across the board, uh, there's a lot of good good conversation of of working through challenges and successes. Coach Christy Knoyer, thank you so much for taking some time today. They are going to be on the field here uh, this afternoon as they finish up the regular season at Rhode Island, and then it's on to the Atlantic Ten Championship. The 810 regular season champion St. Louis Billikens. We certainly appreciate you spending some time with us here on a Sunday morning. I appreciate you, Joe, taking the time to like I said, celebrate our celebrate the success, but celebrate these uh, these young women that uh, do it well on and off the field. Classroom, field, they're a pretty special group. Good luck Thank today and, and good luck in the championship. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks again. I appreciate it as well. That is the head women's softball coach at St. Louis University, Christy Knoyer, with us here. Sports on a Sunday morning continues on KMOX. Back in on a gray bar sports on a Sunday morning in the Stiefel Sports Studio today, coming at you from Bush Stadium. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman, and we're pleased to be joined by the sporting director at St. Louis City SC. He is Lutz Fan and Steel, and uh, man, I appreciate it. I know it's halftime right now. You're actually calling a Bundesliga game. Is that right? Yeah, I'm calling uh, Dortmund against Wolfsburg. I just jumped off at halftime to have a little chat with you. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Let's get right into it and talk about uh, last night a little bit. Just got uh, a little more than a half of play in before weather pushed things aside last night in Frisco at Dallas. Um, you know, what did you see from the first, from 50 minutes? I know there was a couple of chances, a couple of near misses. What did you see from that first uh, 50 minutes or so? Yeah, no, no. And I think, you know, we, we played a decent game. We we had a few more chances than Dallas, so they didn't really hurt us too much when it uh, came uh, to their offense. Um, we also didn't create a load of chances, but, but we had some. So especially when it came to the principles, trying to really get into the pressing and counter press, trying to win balls up high, I think it worked pretty well. And unfortunately, um, you know, when lightning strikes, there's not much you can do. And that's what happened after exactly 50 minutes. So it was afterwards a game of patience. Uh, you know, will the weather channel open up or uh, will it be uh, kicked off a later time in the evening or, or actually will we fly back? So there was lots of options in the end of the day. The league decided that it was too dangerous for, for the, the fans and for the staff and for the players. So we flew back home and um, here we go. Two more things about last night. Uh, Paul Areola out for Dallas last night, forced them to kind of change their system. Was there a reactionary change? Was there an adjustment from City uh, because of what Dallas did? Well, I mean, you know, uh, Areola, we know we know how he plays. I mean, he's, uh, when he comes to creativity, one of the top players in the league. So they just put a bit of a stronger guy up front. Uh, there was not that much really have an adjustment when the way they, 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 they played, they opened the game, they distributed. It was more, more like a target man coming up instead of a more uh, creative player. But, 
yeah, I think, uh, I mean, for Dallas to lose Ariola and bring on whoever they have on the bench, it's always a tough cookie to swallow. So the other thing is, uh, last week in this spot, talking to Tom Ackerman, you were talking about um, the team playing a little bit more disjointed than you would have liked. Did you feel that connectivity was back? Did you feel like they were playing better as a unit last night? 100%. I mean, it was a really good reaction uh, from the team. You know, we still we had Rasmus Ohm out as well, which was a player in the Eurovision weeks who, who scored, who was in, in form. So we had we had to make a few adjustments in the starting lineup, but uh, everybody who was on the field was very focused. We played our game. We didn't really care too much uh, what was Dallas throwing at us, uh, which I think that is our mentality anyway. Let's play our game first. Don't look too much at the opponent. Let them react to us and not we react to them. And I think, uh, you know, Dallas is a team traditionally always difficult to play. There's some really good technical players. They're playing some fast football. But I think we were definitely up for a, for a good game yesterday. And unfortunately, we couldn't finish it the way we wanted it. But, uh, yeah, there will be another 40 minutes played to a later time. We don't know yet when. But we're all looking forward to go back to Dallas and finish what we started. Uh, this coming week, you've got uh, the Open Cup back in uh, play. You've got Chicago for the first of two in a row against the Fire. But but uh, first up is Tuesday. Um, how do you deal with with that, with with uh, balancing the Open Cup and, and wanting to play well and, and put on a good show there on the Open Cup compared to making sure that you get guys rest for the MLS season as well? Yeah, that's uh, you know, it's a tough one. Um, to balance because in the end of the day, of course, you're looking what is Chicago doing as well at the moment. Because right. if you play them twice in four days, you need to at least have an idea. So we looked yesterday when they played Nashville, where they lost 3-0, and they left five, six of their starters out. So that's a clear indication that they really take the cup serious, that they will come with uh, probably the strongest team at us on Wednesday. So it's for us to make a decision to, to, to sit down tomorrow to have a good training session and then see what we come up with for these next two games. You know, it, it's, it's a tough decision to say, okay, it's only four more games in the Cup and you will be in a final, or to focus on the league, especially as a new team. Uh, we need to be very smart about that. But, uh, I mean, Chicago is a, is a team which have great individual players. They're playing a better season than recently. So uh, it, it's definitely... Uh, two important games for us against a, a rival not too far away. So it's interesting that the team, which is since a very, very long time in the league, so we definitely want to measure ourselves with them and uh, and see what they come up with. And the other side of that is, and, and Lutz Van and Steel with us, the sporting director at St. Louis City, you know the soccer history in this city, and I'm sure you know the Open Cup history in this city. And uh, I know that you would like to put your names right up there alongside the nine other champions that have come out of this city. Yeah, and uh, as I said, you know, I mean, it's it's not different for us like it is for Chicago. It's a it, it's a quick uh, competition. It's a competition where uh, you you can go through the round this one single elimination match. So four games, five games to win, and you, you have a, a big chance uh, at silverware. So uh, definitely something which we won't take lightly. We don't want to throw away. And, um, yeah, we will definitely uh, play both <laughs> both games against Chicago with different lineups, but with definitely very competitive lineups. I mean, it's a there's a chance you could essentially see uh, two different teams on both sides there as these two teams will meet twice in a four-day period. 
You'll be without Tim Parker for at least the MLS game uh, against the Fire because of yellow card accumulation. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, difficult ruling as well because uh, the game was not even finished yet. So, right. But as far as we figured it out, uh, and I had a talk this morning to the league, uh, yes, 100%. So that card will count. It will be that suspension, which he will sit out uh, for, for Saturday's game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Chicago definitely uh, have a big squad, so there will be this rotation. It's a bit like, uh, I think, the coaching staff of both teams, they're trying to outsmart each other. They're trying to be, let's see who is, who is more clever than the other one and see who gets the best out of these two games. Lutz, Van and Steel, thanks so much for taking some time. We'll let you get back to the second half of your game. Always appreciate you taking some time and, and filling us in, keeping us up to date on St. Louis City. Thank you very much. That is the sporting director at St. Louis City SC, Lutz Van and Steel, with us here as he is every week here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman from the Stiefel Sports Studio here at Bush Stadium today. It's the final game of the three-game set between the Tigers and the Redbirds, and we'll get back to some baseball talk. The Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock, will join us in our next segment as we continue things here on a Sunday morning from Bush Stadium on your home for Cardinals baseball. This is KMOX. Joe Potty in for Tom Ackerman this morning here in our Stiefel Sports Studio from Bush Stadium. It is Graybar Sports Open Line. Glad to have you along here as we get you ready for some Cardinals baseball coming up today. It'll be the Cards and the Tigers, and we'll keep the baseball conversation moving as we welcome in the president of baseball operations. He is John Moselak. And Mo, happy Sunday. Good morning. How are you, Joe? I am doing well. Uh, really good to see number 50 back on the mound yesterday for the Redbirds. Well, um, as you know, this is a very, very tough month, if you will, of, of baseball. But, you know, getting Adam back, was it was great to see. You know, I thought um, he pitched really well. Um, you know, he did a lot of things we were hoping to see. And, you know, I think it's it's clear that we've missed him. So, uh, gave us a competitive outing, gave us a chance, and you know, hopefully that's something we can build upon. Um, as you know, we're really struggling right now, so any positive steps forward are very are very helpful at this time. Uh, and I have to ask, uh, as we talk about this team that, as you said, struggling right now, eight straight losses. I know there is a lot of uh, moving parts, a lot of things changing. So, of course, the news yesterday that Wilson Contreras will – probably at least for the short term, be kind of focusing on the DH role, perhaps playing a corner outfield spot. Can you just kind of reconcile the fact that you go out and get a big free agent catcher, but now he's going to play maybe some corner outfield for you? Yeah, I would say the, the way I think I, I would try to summarize this right now is, is there's a lot of things about our process that um, I think he's still trying to learn and understand and as he's doing so, we just want to take a little bit of pressure off of him to do it. I don't think you've seen him catch his last game by any means, um, but there'll be a way for us to, to get him back behind the plate. Um, clearly, when, when you look at like why we at, went out and signed him, I mean, one of the things that we were excited about was sort of the offensive upside that we were going to get on that in that regard. And so from that standpoint, we're still going to be able to capture that, but there, there is a learning curve here, and we have to accept that. And just to get us through the next uh, foreseeable timetable, um, he's not going to be catching at this point. 
So but to be clear, this is not a situation where the, you know, some of the the issues that have gone on with the starting rotation or the pitching that it, you and and Oliver Marmel are not saying that is because we have a new catcher and Wilson Contreras behind the plate. I'm saying that there's there's nuances involved in 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 a role like a catcher, and sure. you know clearly I think there's there's some things that that we need to do differently. He needs to learn, and he's committed to working at that, but trying to work on it at a game at game speed is, is really hard. And so from a coaching standpoint, our group is really going to focus on putting that curriculum together for him over the short term. And, uh, you know, ultimately our goal is to get him back behind the plate. Sticking with the uh, pitching staff, Steven Matz pitches today. He has uh, certainly struggled himself, but he has also been, um, I, not the recipient, I guess the recipient of some bad luck because when he's pitched well, it's been one of those days, or it's been some of those days, that other parts of the game have not gone on. Do you see some improvement? Do you see – what do you want to see, I guess I should say, from today's start for Steven Matz? I think the biggest thing for, for Steven is is being able to attack the, the strike zone, trust his stuff, because when when he's going well, he can have efficient innings, gets quicker outs, and you know has a much more controllable pitch count. But – when you're seeing those long, long innings, high pitch count, it just, you know, in a way, it just, you know, your day is going to be shorter. And, and so historically, that first or second inning has been where he's kind of stumbled a little bit, and then he's kind of settled in and, and become more efficient. So my hope is, is he can get out early and, um, and, and be effective from the first and second inning on and, and give us a start that gives us a chance which might really be necessary today when we talk to Oliver Marmel. He said the, there is a, a a good chance the bullpen might be a little thin this afternoon. Yeah, obviously uh, uh, they threw a lot the last few days. Um, so, you know, putting putting pressure on the starter, you hate to do it, but if we could have someone go deep, that would be helpful. Are there uh, other moves, other transactions that we that you are considering, that you are looking at, um, even without details, just are there other um, kind of, are there other players, I guess, on the radar still maybe either from inside or from outside the organization that you're considering here? Well, I think right now anything you can do is, is pretty much limited to, to internal moves. Mm-hmm. And I think with regard to uh, anticipating what some of those moves might look like this week, I, you know, hopeful we can get good starts. Uh, hopeful we can stay healthy, and, and hopeful we can avoid that. But we'll just see how the how today plays out and how the rest of the week plays out. Some of the um, guys, obviously at Memphis, a lot of the guys at Memphis playing very, very well. One of them is your left-handed starter, Matthew Liberatore. He actually had a, a tough start yesterday. But uh, things are going well when your ERA actually jumps to 277, which is what happened to him yesterday. Um, but he has sort of found himself, um, and I was listening to, and in fact, on this station, Matt Pauley was visiting with um, a gentleman who covers minor league baseball, Sam Dykstra, and he said that Matthew Libertor has kind of discovered that fastball and that velocity has ticked up. Have you seen that, and is, is that kind of what's been the key to his success this year? Yeah, I, th- I think first off, we, we've got to remind ourselves that he's still a very young man. Sure. But I think that the biggest thing over the, the last couple of years is the, the, the first couple of months, it took him a while to get going. Whereas, you know, right out of the gate, he was showing that velocity. 
um, using his fastball, getting some swing and misses on his fastball because he has the off-speed stuff to to complement that. And now you find a guy that's sitting, you know, 95 to 98 from the left side. That that's pretty impressive. And and being able to to control it, being able to to use it as an actual asset instead of just more for show is is something that we really wanted him to work on this off season and he did that. So yeah, we're really impressed with what we're seeing out of him and, and obviously uh, just a phone call away should we need something. And so um, that part uh, we're happy about. From the position player side, Luke and Baker is having an outstanding season as well. The power has been there. Um, the consistency has been there for him at the plate. You know, what has he done differently that has been so good for him this year? Another guy that, that historically has gotten off to very slow starts in the month of April, May, and then usually by midsummer picks it up and ends up with, with pretty respectable numbers at the end of the year. But this year he's just gotten off to that hot start. You know, he might be someone that really benefited from just a lot of opportunity in spring training. Um, so got to see a lot of major league pitchers. Um, obviously with, with Goldie participating in the WBC, Luke and got a lot more bats than he, he may have normally during, during a, a regular camp. So I think he's made the most of it. And, uh, you know, we're super pleased with, with how he's performing. Can you uh, tell us about Jordan Walker and uh, if you've seen the kind of uh, progression um, and I guess the, the results that, that, that you were looking for when you sent him back down to Memphis, kind of the things that, that he was sent there to work on. Have you seen some of those things coming to fruition? Well, I think, these things don't happen overnight and sure. you know really what you have to do is is allow for for some patience here um i know our coaches have a plan they want to they want to work that in with jordan and and again anytime you're doing something at game speed versus trying to practice is, is always challenging but he knows what he needs to work on he's just, he's intelligent he's he's smart he's diligent and so I, I think that the changes that he's going to work on with the swing will happen over time, but it's not something that's just like hitting a light switch. Before we let you go, you've got a special presentation coming up today to a baseball great here uh, playing in his final season. That's Miguel Cabrera. You'll present him. Uh, you'll make a pregame presentation to him along with Adam Wainwright. But can you just talk about what it's like to have, and obviously we know in St. Louis, but what it's like to have a generational talent here finishing up his career and why you thought it was important to recognize him today? Well, you look at, at, at what he meant to baseball. And obviously when he first came up with the Marlins, he was just one of those types of players that you knew was, was just an incredible talent. And then obviously uh, signed with Detroit, but a very impactful player on the field, uh, very respected in the clubhouse and uh you know, we just want to recognize his career and, and tell him thank you for his contributions. John, I always appreciate the time. I know that uh, the Cardinal fans appreciate the time each and every week here on Sports on a Sunday morning. Let's go out and get a uh, a victory here and finish this skit off. That would be fun. Uh, I would certainly welcome that, and my fingers are crossed. That's the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, with us here on Camo X Sports on a Sunday morning. It continues here from Bush Stadium. I'm Joe Pot. We're coming back on Camo X. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. On a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to KMOX. You know, Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway, told me, hey, can you do a live hit from the stadium and see if you can grab a guest? I said, well, I'll do my best. Uh, how about the defending champion of the Enjoy Illinois 300? That would be Joey Logano. It's great to have you in St. Louis. We're one month out from this race. How about that? Yeah, we're almost back, and uh, I'm excited to be back in town, at least for today, and uh, get to check out the track here earlier. Everything's looking good, and um, you have some good renovations going on inside the garage areas to help the fan experience some, and ready to go back and try to win it again. Went so well. You were very impressed with the operation of the race. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it was a huge win for the sport and obviously for St. Louis and, and, and the racetrack out here, um, mainly because it was such a great event. Right? Like The race was great. And obviously, we won, and that was fun and probably extra special for me. But I thought for all the fans, it was a great experience because it wasn't just a race. It was a total event. They had concerts before the race. They had concerts after the race. They had stuff going on for, for people to do is stay entertained all day long. Right. So if you get there early, uh, to beat traffic, there was stuff to do, right? You didn't have to just sit there and wait. And so I think uh, the, the the whole facility did a fantastic job at taking the opportunity of having a NASCAR Cup Series race in St. Louis and knocking it out of the ballpark. It was the first time that we had NASCAR Cup drivers on that track. And I remember Saturday was a big day for everybody because we wanted to see how do the drivers think? What do they, how do they react? It was a good reaction, wasn't it, the day before? Oh, yeah, they did a great job at the track. I mean, I remember coming here years and years ago for an Xfinity race, um, and that was the first time back in 10-plus years for me. And so just getting some laps back on the racetrack, you know, obviously pavement was different from then, so had some things that were, were new, and, uh, you know, I think on Saturday we all enjoyed it, but it, the true test is the race, right? And so uh, Sunday I think the race showed it to be a good race. You know, turns one and two got really wide, which is as a driver you kind of want that. It gives you options so you can move around the racetrack, try to pass cars. Uh, a lot of strategy options as there's quite a few cautions throughout the race. And then a green-white checker overtime finish, right? Like what else could you ask for uh, with a pass coming to the white flag? Pretty cool. You and Kyle Busch, and uh, you joined Kyle Busch last year as multiple NASCAR Cup champions. What an experience. What a year. Yeah, it, it definitely was a, a great year. Um, you know, a lot of ups and downs throughout it, as you'd expect with a new car that was introduced last year. There's a lot of learning curve that went along with it. Uh, but we peaked at the right time, and, and part of that was winning here um, in, in St. Louis. You know, we, we, had, we were actually kind of coming out of a slump. You know, we went through a couple of wrecks right before that, and then we were able to kind of get our head back above water after leaving here in St. Louis was great. Uh, you've won 32 races. You're 32 years old. Does one stand out? Is it Daytona in 2015? Um, I, I think there's, there's some that are obviously special and they stand out. Yes, Daytona's big. I would say the championship races are even bigger or the races that get you to that are big. But I do also think, too, winning an inaugural event is something that's really special, right? And you think of what happened here at Worldwide Technology Raceway 
last year as the inaugural winner. Like that's this only happens the first time, one time. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, and yeah. so to to get that, that was a special one for sure. Daytona was a close shave. This one, I mean, this last one. Oh my gosh! I, know. I said, Thank I think you. I watched it. I know, but I watched. It, I said, I think he just won it. Yeah. It was just you know, it's just the way it turns out. I mean, you're. Now that you're removed from that a little bit, how what are your feelings like looking back at it? Obviously, at the time, uh, it's it's tough. You're always gonna be frustrated being that close to winning the Great American Race and not winning it, right? Like right there, just a caution coming out a little sooner changes the the, the answer of who won the race. But uh, you know, I mean, we were in position, we were doing everything correctly. It is what it is. Um, you got to be in those positions multiple times to to win. And so, uh, as long as we're sitting there, right and, and Obviously, we want to win that one. you got to wait a whole another year to have an opportunity to win the Daytona 500, but we were really close. Let's talk to fans who aren't as familiar with NASCAR. How would you sell the experience to a sports fan? This, Joey, is one of the best sports towns in the country. We saw it last year. They sold it out. There are a lot of people that, that want to go that couldn't go last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's much selling needed. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about what NASCAR racing is and, and the uh, the event and the experience that you have right and i always say if, if you've never watched a race on tv that's okay just go right just go to the racetrack and then you have this whole experience there's nothing like having 40 cars come blowing by you at 170 miles an hour there's just nothing like it you can't experience that anywhere else bumper to bumper uh and all that i mean there's nothing even comparable and so you have to go to to really do that and so many times I've heard someone say, I've never watched NASCAR race, but I went once and now I am hooked. <laughs> it's just, it's such an, uh, a sport that just, it's easy to grab onto when you're there just because all the sights and sounds and feelings that you get. It is going to be amazing. Speaking of sounds, they'll have music. Dirks Bentley is going to close out the night on June 4th. The race is Sunday, June 4th, but it's a whole weekend of activity, June 2nd through the 4th. There's so much to take in. Qualifying Saturday, the race Sunday. It's the Enjoy Illinois 300 Worldwide Technology Raceway. Man, I mean, let's go. Let's do it. I'll see you there. Madison, Illinois will be the site five minutes from the arch. Joey Logano is the defending champion. Thank you so much for joining us for a few moments. All right. Thank you very much. See you in a month. That was Tom Ackerman with the defending champion of the Enjoy Illinois 300, Joey Logano. I'm Joe Pott in for Tom Ackerman as we finish up this edition of the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning, our Stiefel Sports Studio today at Bush Stadium as we get you ready for the Cards and the Tigers as well. Final game of the series there. Also, we want you to celebrate 10 extraordinary St. Louis area women for their outstanding volunteer service and leadership at the 2023 Women of Achievement Luncheon at the Ritz-Carlton, St. Louis, Tuesday, May 9th. Doors open at 11.15. Learn more about this year's honorees and make your luncheon reservations at woastl.org. That is Tuesday at 11.15 a.m. Really appreciate you taking uh, some time here on this Sunday morning here. Hope you enjoyed uh, hearing from uh, Polo Asensio from SLU softball coach Christy Canoyer, of course, uh, again, they're going for their 20th Atlantic 10 win later this afternoon as they finish their series. In fact, they're probably already underway up at Rhode Island uh, for their final regular season game. They'll have the number one seed going into the Atlantic 10 tournament. Good to hear from Lutz Fan and Steel as we get an update on St. Louis City SC. They've got a busy one coming up. They'll go to Chicago coming up here on Tuesday. That is a U.S. Open Cup game. They'll play Chicago again on Saturday. That is an MLS game, a league game. So 
you're going to see two probably very different teams from both sides as they face each other in back-to-back games. It's a really interesting situation the way it plays out, and there's no way to uh, predict this or to schedule this any differently because it's an open draw. That's what happens after each round of the U.S. Open Cup. So that's why they're playing Chicago on Tuesday and Chicago on on, uh, Saturday on the 13th. Of course, we heard from the Cards uh, manager, Oliver Marmel. Biggest thing uh, takeaway from there is that the bullpen might be very thin this afternoon. So we'll see what Steven Matz has to offer as he looks to go deeper into games than really he has for uh, much of this year. Heard from the Cardinals general manager, John, uh, Cardinals president of baseball operations, rather, John Mozalak, and he said Stephen, uh, uh, he talked about Stephen Matz, but he talked about Wilson Contreras and the, at least for the short term, is not going to be catching very much for the Cardinals. He's going to be focusing on that DH role. He's going to be possibly in play as a corner outfielder. And uh, the reasoning there is that they want him to basically get on the same page as far as the philosophy goes, the organization goes, and the way that they uh, want Wilson Contreras to handle that pitching staff. So those are the things that they want him to work on. We heard from Polo Asensio. It was great to hear from Polo, the Spanish-language broadcaster from uh, for the Cardinals. And uh, they have now extended that Spanish-language broadcast network. So as opposed to just a single Spanish language station. It is, in fact, on several stations throughout Illinois, Northwest Indiana as well. That was really cool. And if you missed it, he uh, told a really good story about the first time he met Mike Shannon. And if you did miss it, you can check out all of these conversations on the Cardinals Conversations page on camox.com. So you can check in and you can listen to anything that you might have missed here today, anything that you have missed during the week whether it's on uh, Sports Open Line, whether it's on uh, the Strike Zone, sometimes even some of our pregame conversations as we get ready for Cardinals baseball as well. They'll find their way into that Cardinals conversation section at camox.com. Speaking of Cardinals, 1220 is our pregame show, Amron Total Access. Of course, we're going to hear from Oliver Marmel again uh, during the pregame show as he has his regular chat with Mike Claiborne. And then we'll have the Cards and the Tigers coming up for you with a first pitch at 1.15 here this afternoon. Steven Matz looking for his first win of the season, makes his seventh start. He'll go up against Alex Fado, the right-hander for the Tigers. He's actually making his first start of the year, uh, and he did not make a lot of appearances in his first season last year. He only appeared 12 times. He made 12 starts uh, last year, and he was 1-5 with an ERA up over 5.5. So that's what the Cards will see here today uh, and that's where they'll try to end this eight game losing streak here against the Tigers this afternoon so we'll step aside here we'll have you back here for the pregame show beginning at 12 20 actually might have just a little bit of uh, Cardinals news for you there just after the 12 p.m. news my thanks to Drew Young he's in the St. Louis studio in our KMOX studios today helping me out all morning long certainly appreciate it Scott Jagow had the news I'm Joe Pot. Bush Stadium is where we're at and where we'll be for the pregame show Ameren Total Access comes your way in just a few minutes it'll come your way just after the 12 o'clock news Tom Ackerman will be back next Sunday and of course you can find Tom on the TV broadcast all week long I'm Joe Pot. keep it here on KMOX 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 